Get all that enchilada out of the way. Yeah, the whole enchilada. Cat's somewhere down here? Back here. Yep. Uh, staring at your shadow. She's learned from the dog to attack shadows. Welcome to AEC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. I'm Laura, and this is Inkblot, if I can get her to squeak. Nope, just nope, purrs. Nope, just purrs. Uh, we'll see if the podcast will actually pick that up later or not. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Write into us, people, and let us know if you can hear cat purrs. Yeah. Or her chirping later. We'll see how the, see how the podcast goes. But anyway, hello, everybody. Uh, Laura, welcome back. Thank you. You're, you're the every other week rotation with Adrian. Yep. We're fighting. He just doesn't know yet. He would know that if he listens to this episode. Yep, this is the test. I bet he fails. Anyway. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone else that is here again. Um, this week, we decided that we're going to read the volume one of Something is Killing the Children. So we decided, hey, speaking of dead people, let's make a list of some of our, I'm not, I don't want to say favorite comic deaths. <clears throat> our yeah, most, that's dangerous. Some of the, that stuck with us. Some now, of the most maybe. memorable deaths. Yeah. Uh, in comic books, I think is the best way to go. And yet you didn't write some of the really big ones that I would have thought of first. Uh, well, because we all have our own memories of things. True. So, yeah. Uh, with that, Jared, how about you go first? I'll start it off with the big one. Uh, the Death of Superman. It was in uh, 92, 93 area, I believe. I'm not positive exactly where. Right Mid to early 90s. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, the death issue actually happened in Superman 75. Um, it was really cool how they did that. Uh, they tried to build suspense in a way um, that I had never seen before or since. Like the issues leading up to it, it would be like there were four panels of comic per page. And then the next issue, there was three panels per page. And the next issue, there was two panels. And then the actual death issue was full page panel spreads. So all artwork, everything was all on individual pages of the actual death and everything. So I liked, I really liked how they did that. I thought that was very cool, very unique. And like they sold like 6 million copies of that thing. They sold a ton yeah. of them. And I was listening to an interview once and they said, yeah, they're like, yeah, nothing else happened that day. Like it was making news on CNN or something like that, you know. So it, they just had publicity with like just news publicity and it just took off like wildfire. And then they brought him back and it meant nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it has As been, most deaths do. Well. In comics. Because of this, actually. Um, uh, it was Max Landis. I think I, sh I showed you a year or two ago the video that yes. he did about the death of Superman and said he killed death on that issue. Like when yeah. they brought him back, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we made a lot of money. We killed him, whatever. Then we brought him back. And before then, once people died. They pretty much stayed dead. Yeah. I mean, most comic book characters stayed dead. Uh, Barry Allen, who stayed dead for, what, 25 A long years? Time. Something like that. So Hal Jordan, actually, Hal Jordan may not have died at that time. He may have died after. Uncle Ben. But, you know, Uncle Ben, Bucky. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Yeah, there's so many different comic book characters that were dead that had stayed dead until they brought Superman back. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. The number one theme for this episode is Superman killed death because it no longer means anything 
in the Marvel or in comic books. Yeah, in comic books in general, um, unless it's like an indie, like The Walking Dead. Right. You know. Well, I guess they could come back as zombies and then die again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's just like, oh well, crap. And I forget what issue it was. I want to say it was an Avengers book a few years ago, uh, but I don't know which one it was. And one of the superheroes like, yeah, uh, death doesn't mean anything. Like they acknowledge in the comic book, like. Uh, how many of how many of us have died? Shoot, you died and came back. Like, death doesn't mean anything to us supers. Now, to the normal people, you know, dead is dead is dead. Versus the superheroes, right. dead is eh, dead for now. Yeah, until I know we bring it back. DC had something uh, when Green Lantern was dead. Hal Jordan, he was uh, his spirit had latched on to what's called the Spectre. Um, I'm not going to go into details, but he was talking like in ghost form to Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, and Oliver's just like. So when are you coming back? He's like, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> you know? I'm just taking a break. Yeah. Sometimes you need to die to take a break every right. once in a while. Yeah. It's fine. Just vacation to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes me think of like behind you, there's our Buffy game staring at me and her song where she's like, I died twice. <laughs> so, so yeah. But yeah. Superman, it was, it was a very good story too. How it was done. It was brand new character, Doomsday who just rolled through the Justice League, not your main Green Lantern, it was, uh, Wonder Woman, stuff like that. It was um, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, you know, a bunch of your B-list uh, Justice League characters. And he just ran through them, and uh, Superman was there to stop him, but had to, you know, beat, they beat the crap out of each other. So, yeah. Uh, Laura. What is the first death on your list? I wanted to talk a little bit about the nickname for him is Ben 27, the most recent Ben Riley clone that's been running around. Back in the day in the clone conspiracy, he came back as the Jackal, and the joke was that he'd been resurrected 27 times, and he remembered each of the different ways. The The reason was the, the true Jackal, Miles Warren, was testing him out, trying to figure out how to perfect the cloning process and, like, keep all the memories and make sure that they were completely, like, transitionless. Like, each clone didn't know that he was a new clone, so he had all the same memories. And so this Ben remembered the 27 times it took Miles to figure out how to get this all perfected. Although, actually, in truth, he never perfected it. But when Ben finally escaped and said, no more, stop killing me, like I can't handle you experimenting on me like a lab rat anymore, then Ben uh, tied up Miles and then experimented on him the same way, cloned him and found out, okay, I can't figure out the process, but I can add a pill to you. And as long as you take this pill every day, then you won't degenerate as a clone and you'll still remember everything every time you come back as a clone, but you'll you'll be addicted to taking this pill. And either if you're the real Miles Warren, you don't need it, but you don't know. Do you want to risk not taking this pill and degenerating? Or do you want to just take it and realize that there's a chance you're not who you think you are because my process has worked so well? So the new Ben was kind of evil. And... But he... He took that over and he started using that research towards the, the new you as well. I don't know if anyone remembers that from a few years ago. Oh, I should have started with this. This all came about in Amazing Spider-Man number 22, Seeing Red. 
Um, so that's been a couple years ago, actually. Like, I feel really old when I was looking up the stuff and I was like, oh, this seems like yesterday. But it was really like it was three, like, four, five yeah. years ago. Well, and well, the times that Ben died, weren't they like not just like, oh, you're dead. It's like, no, you burned alive. Now you drowned. Yeah. Now, like every gruesome way you can punish someone. Yeah. So I've, that's what that's not just him dying that turned him evil. It's the pain and suffering as well. Yeah, I forget why Miles chose to kill him every different way. If it was more of a testing of seeing what worked or what what he'd remember or why he did that. But yeah, they, they listed vivisection, drowning, acid wash, sonics, electrocution were what they listed. But there were obviously other different ways because he, he specifically said, I've died 27 times and I remember all of them. And that's why Ben was kind of explaining to Peter Parker, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff. Like, that's why I am what I am now. Like, this has shaped me. I can't just forget these things. You don't just forget when you die this many times. I'm not just and, evil just because. Yeah. And now I, I wish I'd looked up. I forget why he decided to be good lately. Because although I'm also behind, like I should have. I should have read a lot of other things today. I, I swear, people, I spent a lot of time reading today, but not necessarily all the correct things. Because I know Ben Riley's not the current Spider-Man anymore, like Peter Parker's come back, but I haven't gotten caught up on all the details of that. But Ben has been good lately, I think, at least good enough. Uh, He was, and now he's evil again. Oh, okay. Well, it's because of this, people. Like, if you died 27 times, you come back and be all roses and sunshine. Right. <laughs> So yeah, that that's my little bit about Ben Riley from a couple of years ago. Why why he's kind of a jerkwad? All right, a jackalwad. A jackalwad. There you go. Uh, and if he doesn't take the bill, he turns into a uh, power of or a pile of flour. Yeah. Well. Yep. Uh, Gets dusted. So the first thing I want to mention is going to be an honorable mention, and that's pretty much ninety percent of all characters in the deceased <laughs> series. Because <laughs> a lot of the world dies and turns into zombies. So they could die a second time, potentially. They kill the whole Bat family pretty much in the first ep issue. Well, not the whole Bat family. Except for Damien and, well, I guess Alfred and Jason Todd. Yeah, right. So, so uh, a lot a of- A portion of them. I mean, Superman dies, Batman dies, Alfred dies, like- Wait, does no, Alfred, Alfred, is, Alfred's is, alive. Alfred, Alfred survives, I think. Yeah, I think Alfred lives. Has Alfred come back to life since the last time no. he died? No. Uh, okay. The main DC Comics, that's another honorable mention, is Alfred, where okay. he's, that was in the <laughs> City of Bane. City of Bane, I believe. Is when Bane just like snapped his neck and that was it. Yeah. I forgot about that, but that seems important because even I'm like, oh, Alfred? Yeah. Why? I mean, it's an anticlimactic death, like, oh, you're... Robin Damien was sitting in a chair across the way from him, like, oh, I told you not to enter my city, so there are consequences. Snap his neck. And like, okay, that that's And I think it was written to be anticlimactic like that. Just, just so humdrum. Just yeah. Yeah. Uh but the first real one on my list is Wolverine died back in back in twenty fourteen, <laughs> which was eight years ago now. Holy crap. Yeah, they You're did. Saying the, it was pre-COVID, but I didn't think it was that far right. Yeah, it was uh, pre-pre-COVID. They did the Death of Wolverine uh, series. It was, I think, five issues, um, where there is this weird virus from some other dimension, world, whatever, that burned out his healing factor, so he couldn't have his healing factor anymore. So of course, all the villains are like, "Hey, uh, payback time! We can finally kill him." 
which you know it's like well yeah whatever comic books it is what it is <laughs> the whole series are advertising this is the death of wolverine this is the death of wolverine and big surprise it was the literal death of wolverine um but it, he died in a weird way uh so after his healing factor you know he put up with this big fight blah 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 then he killed this weird scientist as i would go with that was like a weapon x equivalent and they end up like pouring molten adamantium over him so he fell on his knees all molten man like staring into the sunset and then dead so they had a memorial statue of him just like all crouched down and like whatever and it was kind of weird, but like, oh, that's that's a terrible way to die is covered in molten metal and then that solidifying. And so I think officially they said that he drowned or yep. like just, oh, he couldn't breathe anymore. So now he's dead. They brought him back somehow before I think, oh, it was some garbage. Did he burrow out underneath really fast? No, I don't. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't really remember how they brought him back because it was so. Humdrum. Um. Well, yeah, it was weird. Like, oh, well, because of this, then that. And at one point they found that his body wasn't in there anymore because like lightning struck his statue corpse thing. And they found out, oh, no, that was actually hollow. So. See, I would have thought he would have rotted inside. And that's why it went hollow. Although you'd think it'd be also, you know, impervious. I think I remember happened for that. His body, at least like lightning struck the statue. It was a hollow he found out, oh, well, what happened was we had Kitty go intangible, go inside the statue, pull his body out. So that way, like, they had his fake burial for the public to see. So if anybody villain would try to clone him, whatever, then they couldn't. So his body was somewhere else. And then his body still came back later. I don't know how. It seems more dangerous to take him out of the adamantium since Kitty was the only one who could get in to get him out. Well, I mean, she's the only one that can get in with it keeping hold. People could potentially mm. cut through the adamantium. Oh, see, and I then, thought adamantium was indestructible. Unless it's melted. So they could have melted it down again and got his body out. She, it's from a character, a new mutant character, Persephone. Persephone's mutation allows her to return dead people to life, but they come back as a puppet entirely under her control. Okay. So, I'm yeah. I'm sure that, he broke free from that and he's or, good to go now. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Kitty took his body out so like oh well yeah this is the statue this is where he's buried he's not actually buried there and whatever so the tomb of the unknown wolverine or the tomb of the non-wolverine <laughs> <laughs> or the non-tomb of wolverine it's the empty know. tomb of wolverine. <laughs> there we go yeah so anyway yeah that was wolverine logan died and then came back and since then all the mutants have died and come back many times because the whole house of powers house and powers of x where they're like all right We'll just regenerate everybody, so death means nothing now, so it's fine. Now, wasn't there something with that, too, that it was messing with their memories? Uh, It was briefly that they figured out that wasn't – that's nothing to worry about. It was Shadow King was taking, like, bits of the soul to try to come back. And then okay. Nightcrawler and Legion took care of that, so it's fine. Okay, just curious. I but remember someone's the... favorite food changed. Yeah. I like how the comic book writers are just leaning into the death and resurrection thing. Right, they're, yeah. They're just like, you know what? It doesn't matter what we do. If we want to kill off a character, they're just going to bring him back in the next series by new writers or well, something. So and with this Dawn of X stuff, into it. Well, this Dawn of X stuff, they really like, all right, hey, you want to make fun of us for killing and bring him back? Fine. We'll crank that up to 11. Like, yep. really, <laughs> we'll lean into this yep. meme and, like, annoy everyone else, too, while we're at it. Yep. So, yeah, that was Wolverine. Uh, Jared, what is next on your list? 
Jason Todd, the second Robin. He gets beaten to death by a Joker using a crowbar and then blown up. And whose fault is it that he died? I'm going to say his mom's. No, I'm going <laughs> to say it's the reader's fault. Oh, the fault. reader's. I see what you're saying. I thought oh. you meant in story. Yes, it is the reader's fault because they had a vote if you want him to live or die. And they all, I don't know. They, they didn't it say was how so many. One it was one-sided. Overwhelmingly. Yes. It was very one-sided that fans said, nope, kill him. So, yeah. It, it happened was, in Batman 425-ish? 426? You would seven? know that way better than I would. I think 427, actually. <laughs> I think the story arc ran from like 424 to 427 or something like that. And that was Death in the Family. Yeah, Death in the so Family. So if you want to read the actual result of it, read Death in the Family, which yeah. we normally carry in stock. Yeah. I don't know if we have it in stock right now because of COVID supply chains right. being awful. But. Right, but that was a good one. Um Jason Todd goes in search of his mom, who he he finds out is working for the Joker. Well, she basically gives up her son, and Joker beats him to death with a crowbar and blows him up before Batman can reach him. So it was a good story. It was it was a it it was meh. You it, was know. A, it was a story. It was a story. Yeah, I don't think it was over the top good or anything like that. But just it was very violent, very graphic way for him to get murdered, and yeah. Not pleasant at all. Yeah, the fans said, you know what, Joker, do your thing, and Joker did his thing. Yeah. All right, uh, Laura, who is next on your list? I went back and did a little research finally. Um, Way back in, let's see, I think it was Spider-Verse? Yeah, in Spider-Verse, they made a comment that when they went to gather up Spider-Girl from her, let's see, 481 universe, that... There were no other spider totems besides not her dad. Like, he died in that issue, too, which I guess honorable mention for that right now. Spider-Girl's dad died in the issue Amazing Spider-Man number 8, Spider-Girl's Last Stand, 2014. And that's when I realized, like, they they scanned the world and they were like, Sorry, Spider-Girl, the only totems we feel now are you... And your brother, Benjamin, who's in your arms. And she's like, what? My dad just died? Like, in the last 10 seconds that I've been over here talking to you people? And then I went, wait a minute. What about Mayhem? April? May's clone? Like, she was there last I saw. Turns out, on top of all of our Spider-Girl issues, there is a one-shot called Spider-Girl The End that came out in 2010. And I found it on Marvel Unlimited today and finally read it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've never read this before. This is crazy. And it explains how, at this point in time, well, actually, at different points in time, um, basically, let me double check. Yeah, it, it turns into a time travel issue where, um, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> the the hybrid clone that Norman Osborn in the that alternate world made, um, she survives a battle with. Mayday, our Spider-Girl, and Spider-Girl dies in, like, this bomb that goes off in this apartment complex, and Mayhem lives, and then she starts telling all these people in the future, like, how the story goes, and encouraging them to be good people and be good custodians of the world that they're living in, because it turns out part of why the world they're living in, in this alternate future, is so bad is because... After she she let Spider-Girl die, and then she like went on a killing rampage, and the government actually 
created these things called biopredators with carnage symbiotes and mercenary hybrids who, like, went nuts and destroyed the whole world. Like, she's basically the reason why they are in this little bastion of what's left of civilization. And she keeps telling kids in this world, oh, don't make my mistakes, do it this way, like, Spider-Girl was right. And then at some point when, like, the bio-predators are just about to completely breach the last, their last stand, then I guess she goes back in time and changes that timeline so that she's the one who dies. Like, she comes, she exists as two two persons in the same reality, convinces herself to take the, the brunt of the force and save Mayday. And so she dies in that issue, in that instance. And then Mayday lives. And then that allows her, allows Spider-Girl to be in Spider-Verse and do all this stuff to save save the world again, another timeline, another way, another multiverse. So, so that's how Mayhem died. And I didn't really realize that until today. So I thought that was that is, fun time. Again, that is April, the clone of May. Yeah, yeah. Which I, annoys and, me like, oh, her... She's mayhem, but it's May Parker. Like, but May should be mayhem. But it just... mm, except like mayhem's bad, so May is good. So no, she I'm just be... saying name wise. I would think I would. Oh, mayhem May versus not mayhem April. Well, April wanted to be May, so of yeah. course she wanted to be mayhem. Like, she wanted to say that she was only mayhem because May ruined her life. There we go. So, but yeah, yeah. It was it was deep. Like I would recommend like. Everyone go out there and read all the Spider-Girl ever that you can find and all we, the time. And we needed to find that single issue somewhere. Yeah, I think so. We're missing that issue. I think so. I'll have to double check, but I, I couldn't remember it well, but you know how my memory is too. Yeah, but, unless I would have bought it at some point, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll double check, but it is on eBay. I already Googled it. We can get it for like $5. I okay. just need to pick which. Oops. Sorry. I got excited. I kicked my foot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next on my list is stuff that surprised me that it wasn't on your list, Laura. And I want to do a twofer here, which is Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm done. That is regular Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man died first, and that was in June of 2011, where he was fighting a whole gauntlet of people. Then he was fighting Green Goblin, and then all of a sudden, dead. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Did you ever read that issue? Because I, I I thought I did, okay. but I thought the goblin at least like bombed him or something. Right, but it wasn't like, just like he, he gave up. But didn't he like fight the whole Sinister Six and like pretty much he held everyone back, he yeah. held everyone back, and then well, was, oh, goblin. I think the goblin figured out who he was and went after his went after Aunt May and stuff or something like that because like he died on their front lawn. Right. Yeah. And I just know like he picked up a whole car after being injured, shot, stabbed, whatever. And uh, I think he was shot in the issue before that and then still went to fight him and, you know, threw a car on him. And then just after the battle, he was just so beaten that he he died. Yeah, I thought he still won. Yeah, he but still it was, won. He still like, won the fight. Yeah. yeah. It was, what did they the call war. it, death yeah. by a thousand cuts? Right. Like, I know Johnny Storm and um, Bobby Iceman were living with him and uh, they were like knocked out or something. They came to after the fight was over and as he was dying. Yeah, and I know it said like the he his last words was I did it. I couldn't save Uncle Ben, but I saved because he was saving Aunt May at the time. Yeah, I, was like, I couldn't save Ben, but I saved you. Yep. 
and they died. Like, all right, well, okay. I don't know. For me, as the person that didn't read that whole story arc, I was like, oh, he fought everyone and then just like car smashed you with the car and now dead. Like, uh, there was a lot more to it than that, but, but it was not as cool as like as... someone, someone didn't actually like, Hey, I'm stabbing you to death. Like, yeah. Oh, you bled out eventually. Right. Like, uh, it's kind yeah. of, kind yeah. of meh, but that's, that's, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I think that seems more Spider-Man style of death though. Like he'll drag it out as long as possible and right out every single second he can get. But He's not know. just gonna go. I don't know. I, I still like I don't know. I like the hey, someone actually did this, so now there's a you know, avenging someone else can do to get back even for that. Like um all Ultimate X Men. You remember when they like killed all did you read any I of didn't that? read any of those. It was like stuff. right after Ultimatum, the X Men like uh, Cyclops was giving a speech and there was an assassin that just shot him right in the head. You know, it's just like boom. Holy crap. And, and there's someone to go after now. Because yeah. That's the person that did it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Do you really need more reason to go after the Green Goblin and the whole Sinister Six, though? I like, mean, no, but like, I don't know. They were minding their own business. It just, seemed, it just seemed drug out. Like, oh, there's this, 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 this. And who's going to get the final hit? Kind of no their one. Kind of everyone. Too. Their promotion was like, remember that first time the previews came out and it was like Death of Spider-Man. Right. They didn't say anything about Ultimate Universe right. until like three months later. And then they're like, oh, it's not our main not 616 main Spider-Man. It's Ultimate. And everyone's like, oh. So I almost spin into that where uh, – so that was 2011. Uh, and the end of 2012 uh, was the death of Peter Parker Spider-Man. Uh, that was issue 700, I believe, of their run. And Doc Ock switched bodies like five issues beforehand. His body was failing. Like, all right, we'll do a mind swap. I'm in your body, you're in mine, and eventually Peter doesn't win that duel of mind swap trickery, and Peter dies in Doc Ock's body. And you have a cool scene like into the white where he's talking to Uncle Ben, like, "Oh, he can, you can finally relax, Peter. You know, you did a good job. Good on you. We're done." Uh, of course, you know Peter will come back eventually because it's comic books. It is. Yeah, it is. he kind of didn't. He didn't lose the fight. He lost. He lost Doc Ock's body, but he didn't lose the fight because his mind was still in his body a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I don't like your wording. Sorry, book. no, uh, no, it's not that. No, he was dead. He was dead. He was his, dead. He was dead. Body was dead. And he was. No, he it. he was dead. Then they retconned it like a year later, saying, "Oh, well, no, there's a little sliver of consciousness left." Even though we saw this beautiful farewell for him, like, no, there's a little I... sliver left. We're bringing it back and. I don't think it lasted a year. I think that it was like the next issue because I would have stopped reading if they hadn't had some. Or they, yeah, or they teased, it. yeah, yeah. I, or or it was in his consciousness was in the robot. That's what it was. Like no, I thought he, I thought he put a little bit in the robot too, and that's how because those the server robot is like the word click guy. Like oh, he's eventually fought back through that. No, okay. Doc Ock used that. Doc Ock was the one in the robot. That's right. That was Doc Ock. That was yeah. Either way. Yeah. That that was that was a year later. Yeah. I'll give you that one. But, but yeah, Spider Man's sliver of consciousness was still in Spider Man's body the whole time, fighting Doc Ock. Yeah, I still like the whole. The main consciousness was dead. Yeah, the main was. And gone. like, yeah, cool. That's that was a good ending for that. Like, Peter can finally rest. But now, like, oh, now there's a sliver, and that'll grow, and it's a, it'll turn into a tumor. 
And thank you. I was hoping someone would say that. I was like, really? No one's going to go with that? Well, uh, I, I didn't want to just like completely overrun you like I already have three times. Like, <laughs> well, I didn't stop you on that one. That was a perfect setup at least. Uh, but yeah, um, he died and then, yeah. And I was sad. But I mean, it was a good story. The Superior Spider-Man story was really good. Way yeah. better than it had any right to be. Um, it was best of all the superior stories that they did, which was Spider-Man and Iron Man. That was it. But still. Yeah. They were just really lucky that the marriage was dissolved at that point. Because I think Mary Jane would have noticed in like two seconds that the Spider-Man was wrong. Yeah. And I can't believe the Aunt May didn't notice sooner. Like, yeah, There's a but, lot of characters like, how can you not notice what's going on here? But whatever. It's very upset. You at least like, hey, something's going on. But the heroes at the time, they did like, hey, you're not acting like your normal self. All right, let's go through these tests. Okay, you're not a scroll. You're not this. Yeah. Like they did a bunch of testing. I don't know how they didn't have a telepath. Like, oh, we're testing your DNA, but we're not going to use um, like Emma Frost to do like, hey, who's, whose consciousness is in there? They would have done. Well, I think some of the problem with that too was like Doc Ock does know Spider-Man so well. And I think. Wasn't he able to, like, read his mind, too, somehow? Like, Doc Ock? He yeah. had the memories. He, yeah. So, so he could fool telepaths, too. Well, but there's still the whole personality would be different. Like, unless he I've, he might have had psychic inhibitors. Like, no, that's invasion of privacy. No, sir. He, that might have been the case. And just stormed off. Just whatever. Maybe he had Magneto's helmet. <laughs> but you'd think eventually. That's, that was the haircut. You'd yeah, think, though, the eventually haircut. the superheroes would realize, no, no, this is still wrong. Yeah, like, they did eventually, but it took them a long time, and they were just kind of, like, suspicious. Right. Like, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I think you're right, though, because Captain America, he would have been like, that's fighting almost like Spider-Man, but not quite like Spider-Man. Or Tony, yeah. his armor recorded every single punch of Captain America during Civil War. Tell me you didn't do that to Spider-Man. Something's not just a little different to where it's like, hey, there's a red flag here. Also, he used you dolt. Like yeah, that alone, all like, the, the, time. the mannerisms, like the verbiage, like how, has it, no one ever listened to Doc Ock before? Yeah. <laughs> how do they not pick up on like, why is Peter talking like Dr. Octavius, a man 40 years older than him? And nah, it'll be fine. And plagiarizing his uh, doctoral thesis with it. Right. Like, <laughs> like they caught that the, part. They eventually <laughs> when Peter was back. Yeah, I guess it, it was like just barely when Peter was back. But I was like, really, guys? No, no one. I, I, I like to think that someone would pick up on that. Like, if someone is in your body instead of you, Jared, I think we had learned. Yeah, like pretty fast. Like they're talking a lot more than I usually do. I mean, <laughs> you know, there you go. Do that, or I've been drinking. And if they don't know anything <laughs> about Dick Grayson, then like there, right, you, go. there you go. That that's a litmus there test. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was the big one on my list. Um, or or big two, I guess two for one. On that one was good for Peter you. Parker. Um, There's been a lot of spider deaths. Spider-Man there death. have been a lot. Let's do one more quick one for each of us. Okay. I'll go with uh, uh, Donna Troy. That one I really enjoyed. It was during Titans Young Justice Graduation Day, I believe. It was like a three-part miniseries. Uh, they doing their thing, and this uh, Superman robot who was like a robot that was supposed to protect the Fortress of Solitude while Superman was out in space, but it went evil or crazy or something and it attacked him well it was you know it's a superman robot so it's beating the crap out of all of them and donna troy just you know dives in head first and it uh uses its heat vision to shoot right through her chest so killed her and then they brought her back like instantly <laughs> it was very close <laughs> 
I mean, it was so close they put it all in the same trade as the death and return of Donna Troy. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's quick. It could have been years apart, different story arcs. It could have been. I don't think it was. I'm just saying, <laughs> to be fair, be. though, it, it, it could, could be. be. But yeah, um, that I the story was really good. If you're a Titans fan, that's one to read. It really is. All right. Uh, Laura, do you have another quick one to mention? Yep. Um, I got really upset when I thought that Roger Gawking, the porcupine in Spider-Woman, was dead. It turned out that he had gotten his porcupine suit from that Hobgoblin franchise when Hobgoblin was, like, selling out how to become a villain to everybody. Or I forget if they were even good guys, too. I know it was Axis and things were flipped around and I got confused. It was a very because, weird time. Yeah. It, it was a time. But basically, the, the porcupine... He was supposed to be using his suit to be a bad guy. And when the Hobgoblin, Hobgoblin found out that he was kind of acting as um, Jessica Drew, I want to say, yeah, uh, Spider-Woman's, like, sidekick and doing Secretary all Secretary and... I, eh, I think it was... Babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Ba- that was the big thing. It was yeah. the babysitter. That's right. Living live in daddy figure. And, yeah, he was he was working, like, helping her do her, like, rounds as a superhero, too. And Hobgoblin found out and killed him, but it turn, turns out very quickly that he didn't die. But at first, I, I believed it. And Jessica Drew believed it, and like she went out, and all of a sudden, even though she neglected him the whole time he was alive, all of a sudden when he's gone, she's like realizes what she has and like makes a whole bunch of trouble for his ex-wife and his kid. And Jessica's just all in her own headspace and not not caring what anyone else is going through because she's hurt and tries to go take it out on the Hobgoblin, which, yeah, rightfully so on the Hobgoblin, but not on uh, Roger's family. But then eventually it turns out that Roger was wearing some special, like, scroll armor that Jessica had had when she was pregnant, like, to help protect her and her baby. And I don't know how he... Well, I guess he was living in her house, so... He had access to her clothes and decided to suit up. I mean, like, if you know it's protection for your body, <laughs> it's like, well, that'd be dumb not to. Like, even if yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if I am a superhero with impenetrable whatever, like, eh, it wouldn't hurt to have an extra layer just in case. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's why he ended up living in the long run, but no one knew it for a little while, and yeah, so he he comes back from the dead very quickly. But I, I remember at first I thought he was really gone, and I thought, oh, Jessica should actually give a crap, and yeah, I. That whole series, I forget what year it was from, like 2017 or so, I was very upset with Spider-Woman that whole time, like with her pregnancy and everything. So. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, I get you do your own thing, but like, she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a single female that's a superhero. I'm just going to get a sperm donor and randomly raise a kid now. Like, shouldn't you maybe consider doing a different line of work? Yeah. A, actually gets paid for. Yeah. B, people aren't actually killing you. Three, your body's online too for all sorts of trauma. Like yeah. you're pregnant, you don't pregnant while superhero. If you want to have a kid, fine. Take nine months off work. She did some of that. Do your yeah. thing and... and do your thing, and then come back afterwards. Don't like mid pregnancy. Like I, I remember seeing several issues where she was like super baby bump, like still on fighting crime. Like what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's one thing that Roger yelled at her for. And uh, Ben Urich was the one in in this. Uh, series two telling her you can stop like we can handle this for a little bit you you got other things to do but even after the baby's out like 
you still have to take care of it. Like you, it's very irresponsible to choose to have a child knowing that you're going to continue putting yourself at risk and you're the only support network this child has. Right. Like at least the best comparison I have is Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Like yeah, they there's take, two of them. There's two of them. They take turns watching the child and the other one's yeah. superheroing. So it's not that, not as big of a deal because, okay, they're still a parental figure taking care of the kid versus, hey, former villain nanny. Yeah. <laughs> watch my kid. Yeah. Like, at least, hire, at least hire a squirrel girl. That's what Luke Cage and Jessica go. Jones do. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I guess another thing I should throw in there is, like, Jessica Drew is super best friends with Carol Danvers, you learn from this series. But, I don't know, I still, I didn't think it was right for her to rely on Captain Marvel to be like, oh, you'll take care of my child if I die horribly, right? Like, don't just assume. <laughs> you should ask, like, hey, if I have a kid, do you mind being the godmother, just in case yeah. something happens to me? Just send it over to Batman. He likes orphans. It'll be oh. fine, yeah. Before you go, I just want—I cannot not mention Agent Three Fifty Five from White Last Man. Oh yeah, we should have done that. There's a lot of dead people yeah. we've missed yeah. around Halloween. Maybe we'll resurrect them. Maybe. Uh, so I want to do a whole bunch of quick ones real fast. Uh, Lori and Judith from The Walking Dead. Uh, that was those were dogs. Lori yeah. was carrying baby Judith, and they got, got shot. Hip, not just shot, shot by a tank. Yeah, they they got exploded. Yes. Um. So Judith vaporized and Lori bled out. Yeah. Uh, so that was a pretty holy crap moment because that's the yeah. main character. Yep. Uh, eventually, spoiler alert, Rick Grimes dies too at the end of the series. No well. way. Yeah. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years though, so yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. No spoiler. Yeah. There's not much of a spoiler. There's It's already known. Because he died really? and then one, they only did one more issue then that was the end of the series. Yep. Should we do Walking Dead as a book club someday? We could. Yeah. Um, there. Archie from Archie died, and that was back in. I have my notes here, but I swear he came back because isn't there a zombie one? Well, no, but, it's a parallel uh, universe. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, July of fourteen is when Archie died, and that one was a weird one because he finally decided who is he going to be with, Betty or Veronica. And the way they did the book was both. Uh, <laughs> no matter which it one he chose, him. eventually he would die. Saving his friend that was trying to get that was going to be assassinated, and he bled out, and he ends the saying, "I love, I've always loved you," but you don't know which one was he talking to because I was like, "Oh, both timelines were there at the same time." He bled out either way, but that was big news time. And looking back, and like that was 2010 to 2015. All right, we're gonna kill everyone that you know, you hold dear forever because the last one on my list, which was a big one, was Steve Rogers, Captain America. Uh, that was 2007 that kicked off the wave of, let's just kill off <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yep. Once Captain America's dead, we'll kill them all. The first Avenger of death. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they had Barry Allen from DC, Hal Jordan, Green Arrow. I mean, the whole DC yeah, universe was Blackest Night. Yeah, pretty much. They were killing off everybody left and right. So The uh, Hawk Girl and Hawkman and Blackest Night, those were pretty brutal deaths. But like... Those were in that 2007, 2010 yep. range. And then, yeah, 2010, 2015, they continued that trend. Yep. But Steve Rogers' death reminds me a lot of Wolverine's, where they brought him back because it was like, oh, but he's not actually dead. And they retconned that, where Steve didn't actually die. It was the gun put him in another dimension. Yeah. It was garbage. It was garbage how Even they as far as comic books, <laughs> as far as comic books, reality and science goes, that this was one was garbage. Really bad. That's real bad when you screw up comic science. I still don't yeah. know how he got back though, I, because it, it was just like, oh, he's 
his spirits walking in the other dimension and then, hey, I'm back. Yeah. It, he sneezed real hard. I know. I read it. <laughs> I read it. And I was like, this doesn't. What? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it's bad. It, if you, the listener, knows what we're talking about, then you know it's a, a headache. Like, just. All right. Ultimately, who cares? He's back. Let's move on. Like, it was a dumpster <laughs> fire. Yeah. Just but his death. That. The death of him was huge, though. Like, that was... Yeah, that was yeah, big. Yeah, back when it mattered. Back when it mattered. Yep. He was in custody from Civil War, and who was it that came up and just shot him? Was it... Um, it was Agent Carter. Uh, Agent Carter, yeah. She, was she shot. Yep. She was she came being mind-controlled, mind and she oh, shot him. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I mean, at first we thought it was Crossbones. Because Crossbones had a had sniper rifle, rifle, and... He missed, he, I believe. No, he got him in the shoulder because... That's right. This was sounds like uh, Steve maybe wasn't the target, and he <laughs> hit somebody out of the way or something. It's yeah. been so long. And Carter finished him off. Yeah. And it was, let me get this right, Sharon Carter, because Peggy Carter was the World War II one. Yeah. So yes. Sharon, the niece of yeah. Peggy. Yes. That did it. So, yeah. And it was. I just rewatched that part the other day. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a mess. But, I mean. It was bloody. Yeah. Um, And that was like the, one of the big two moments of him in the last 20 years. The other one was the Hail Hydra. Yeah. I mean, when yep. when when Captain America says Hail Hydra, what? So. Yep. But Bucky oh. come, becoming Cap from that series. That from the death of Wolverine. From, or or death, death, of death of Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, from the Hail Bucky Hydra. Bucky was inspired right. by the death of Wolverine. Yes. yes. <laughs> he became Cap from that. But no, that I loved that Bucky series right after that. That was great. If Steve Rogers is not Captain America, Bucky is my favorite. Same. And uh, nothing against Sam Wilson Falcon. Bucky's yeah. run, it was only 24. It was a two-year run yeah, it was or like something two like or that. three years, yeah. It was really good. And the whole costume change where yeah. he had his gun, and uh, it was just great. Yeah. My favorite line that from Bucky Cap was, it was the Avengers were on the underground still because it was post-Civil War before the lifting of the superhero registration. They're in the tunnels saying, oh, you know, if we can go back in time, we can do this, then the other. Like, oh, yeah, well, if you can go back in time, would you kill Hitler? And Bucky's like, uh, I kill Hitler. Everyone stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, What? Bucky, uh, yeah. I, it's I, already I, done. I killed Hitler. It was the Winter Soldier program. Yep. And like, we don't know how to respond to this. And Bucky's like, all right, moving on. Anyway, your point. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the, it was like a two panel thing of, I killed him. What? It was great. I loved it. So that, that was, that was the best part about Bucky Cap. But you can't be like, no, I don't believe you. It's like Bucky. It's it's Bucky. You know, he, it's, yeah. he's Winter Soldier. He probably did. And he has all of his <laughs> memories back now. Yeah. So he probably did. And, yep. Okay, then. And what's cool is the the gun that he had in the comics was the gun that they said that Hitler killed himself with. So that way they're like, oh, it was a German gun. So, like, that's why he carried that that pistol because it was the one that killed Hitler. So that was just a little fun extra yeah. thing with that, too. So moving on from this death and resurrection, uh, 90% of all the characters we named have come back since death, too. I think I 98 uh, Laurie and oh, Judith. Oh, except for Anne 355. Anne 355. Those, those three characters, they the stayed The superheroes. Yes. All yes. Came all back. those superheroes came back. Uh, well, I guess except for April also. She hasn't come back yet. She was a villain. She uh, but, she doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, from a certain point of view. I guess it depends if you take 90% of her life or right. those last five seconds when she did the right thing. Depending <laughs> on... Yeah, let's just... Anyway, let's go... <laughs> Uh, so we'll talk Moving about on. books that came out this week, the Wednesday, oh, yeah. May 18th, 2022. Uh, I'll be honest, folks, 
There is not a whole lot that came out this week. I only have one book this week that stood out to me. Um, and that two. And for me, I'll go first since I'm already talking. Yep. That's Armor Clads number three. Um, it is more mech suit people that are like, all right, we're starting an insurrection now. We're we're gonna cannibalize other the soldier mech suits and start putting weapons on our stuff. And we're gonna go rescue our friend, but there's something going on with that friend too, and that secret society that not secret society, that government society that's trying to uncover this ancient armor sets and whatever. It's weird, um, but it's good. I enjoy it. If you like Starship Troopers, I think you would like it too. And also it reminded me of Stargate Atlantis, how the guy they kidnapped had like some genetic marker that he could use those lawsuits uh, they were looking for. Yeah, so I didn't think like, about oh, that. Yeah. This is the next uh, Jack O'Neill. There we go. So yeah, that is Armorclads. That's my pick of the week. Uh, it's issue three. Um, I think it's only a five or six issue series. I don't know if it says on the cover there or not. Check not that see one. on the cover. But uh, who's the publisher? Is that AWA? Valiant. Valiant. So, yeah. I really enjoy it. I think it's a fun series. It's If you guys can check it out, you okay. should. First issue was really good. I wish I would have added it to my poll. Uh, I imagine the trade will come out in oh, a few yeah. weeks. So yeah, The tabs in the front cover does show one through five, so I'm guessing the that's foreshadowing. Five, or it's just a really cool graphic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is Armorclads. Uh, Jared, what are the books that stuff for you this week? You want me to go with both of them or just do one? Let's do both of them. We're, okay. we're doing good on Just zipping right through. Okay. Uh, the first one was Han Solo and Chewbacca, number two. Um, I think they should redo this title and call it Han Solo and Greedo. Chewbacca's <laughs> only in this for three panels. I mean, you look at the cover. Not and even they pages, three panels. Look at the cover and that's what... Yeah, that's what you're going to get. But it's uh, if you remember the first issue, uh, they basically take a job with Greedo to break into some guy's uh, vault and steal some stuff. So obviously this takes place before A New Hope. Yes, Greedo's before alive. A New Hope. Um, it's after the Han Solo movie. So probably, I think they say like uh, years, a uh, couple years has passed. So uh, if you remember in the last issue, we meet Han Solo's supposed dad. He comes back. He's still in there, still doing their thing. Um, they're all trying to work together to break into this vault. And no spoilers, but things happen. It's a heist. Yeah. And it is a uh, Han Solo heist book. It's pretty good so does far. Does the heist go well or heist go poorly? We'll have to wait till the next issue okay. to find out. But so far, it's pretty good. It's actually some kind of fun to see him working with Greedo instead of just shooting him, you know? <laughs> but uh Yeah. It gives a little bit of depth to the Greedo character, and I'm like, yeah, he's a scumbag. They, 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 they're writing him really good. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that. That's a good second issue. So, yeah, check that one out, Han Solo and Chewbacca. And what was the other one that stood out for you? The other one was Guess. Um, let's see. I can cheat because I'm right here. Yeah, you no, no I know. <laughs> I'm being dramatic. Let's see. Superman Son of Kal-El came out last week. That means Nightwing. Yep. Number 92. By our good buddy Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor, the great. He's writing some great stuff. You know, he's uh, Nightwing's been trying to do affordable housing and help the homeless and help his city. With his money with from his Alfred. With his money from Alfred. Um, I like this. He builds a statue of Alfred, you know, in Bloodhaven and everything. I thought that was really cool. Is it made um, from adamantium? I don't know. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Looked marble. But, uh, yeah, they're doing this like... Um, they're giving out free food. Like they organized this, 
this welcome thing and everything. And Bruce Wayne actually shows up with Ace. You know, so the has got uh, Bite Wing and Ace there, all you double, know, double doggy yeah. date. Yeah, so yeah, Aww. that was kind of cool. And uh, you know, Blockbuster sends his goons to go trash it after hours, and Nightwing unmasks them all and basically like, yeah, you're all on camera now. We can see you for who you, you are. You knocked out the general public cameras, but you didn't knock out Oracle's cameras. Not Oracle's. So yeah, it, it this was another fun issue. This has been so good here recently. Um, if you're not pulling this or anything, I would definitely recommend start getting these trades that start with Tom Taylor. Which there's only one trade out right now. Yeah, but this is so good. Uh, and speaking of Tom Taylor, I do a side tangent here. They just announced uh, yesterday a new original graphic novel by Tom Taylor. It is Batman One Bad Day, Raj Al Ghul. Ooh. It's a 64-page original graphic novel. So Ooh, it was just okay. announced. I don't know when it's going to come out, but it was just announced. And then today they released a trailer for uh, deceased the deceased three. So it's the main is the final one, um, and it is War of the Undead Gods. It's the new gods oh. get zombified. Is what the Ooh, trailer has. That's gonna be good. The Orion and High Father and everything. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be pretty good. So yeah, more Tom Taylor goodies. Yeah, you may want to brush up on some of those characters if you've never really read some of the new god stuff it'll be tom taylor there's it'll be fine. been a lot of new god it's stuff tom taylor just he'll write hasn't fine. been good yeah you you're probably gonna be fine but a lot of the new god stuff i haven't yeah. there it's been like eh, they're there so yeah but so yeah nightwing number 92 and han solo and chewbacca number two it should be named han solo and greedo but it is what it is yeah it is what it is but All it's right. been good it's it's a good story and laura what is your pick of the week I think my pick is going to be Spider-Punk, the an anarchic arachnid. No, I think I said that wrong. A- anarchic arachnid. Anarchy? So, am I saying it right? Yeah, anar- he's against yeah. the government. He's anarchist. The anarchist at arachnid. Yeah. But it's number two. It, yep. Spider-Punk it, it, it number two. It was a big number two. Um, the, the best part of this really was when Kamala shows up, like their, their world's version of Kamala Khan, and... Her brass knuckles say embiggen backwards, so she'll, when she punches bad guys, it says embiggen across their face. Which is just wonderful. That's fun. Yeah. yeah, that was really the best part of the issue. That's what made it my pick of the week, because it, it was a rough week. There's Kinda only like five of, uh, issues to even read. Um, <laughs> what's his name from DC? Um, Mr. Terrific, where he's got the fair play. Okay, yeah. So I think he did something similar at one point. I can see that. <laughs> but I guess the, the main purpose of this issue was to say that the taskmaster was here in their world and he's searching for some of the secrets that Norman Osborn left behind after he had his was decapitated by uh Hobie Brown the spider punk of this universe and and then once once they discover what taskmaster is after they all the characters of the spider punk universe are like oh well we gotta beat him to the punch so then they they head off in their spider van to go on to their next adventure so that's, that's spider punk number two yeah. uh all right so with that we'll move on to the second to last segment remember jared oh, 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 oh that gives me a little bit of time too. you're welcome uh, uh so yeah uh until the final segment we'll do this segment <laughs> which is our book club book of the week and that is Something is Killing the Children, Volume 1, we're going to talk about, by James Tinian, Tinian. I, I've heard Tinian. I think Tinian is the correct pronunciation. I'd go Tinian. 
because his website is tinyonion.com. So mm-hmm. I go with that. Um, but if you don't want spoilers of that and you want to bail before we move on with that, uh, next week we're going to read Transformers Autocracy. Uh, I think, or Autocracy. I'm guessing it's Autocracy. I, autocracy. <clears throat> I feel uh, like Adrian picked that. Adrian did pick that. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Is... So that sounds like he's going to skip next week because usually when he picks a book, he doesn't show That's up. usually how that's been working, yeah. But we'll see if that, <laughs> if, how that goes. Uh, so yeah, that's what we'll talk about next week. I believe it was originally a webcomic that just came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, physical. That's why we're doing it so fast because like, oh, it just came out. But the web series before, so let's go with this. But anyway, Something is Killing the Children, Volume 1. Uh, have either of you read any of this before or is this your first time reading it? First time. I picked up the first issue and I was like, meh. I, it was actually really good. I, I think this I, is one of those series that it reads better in trade than yeah, it does in singles. It's like after the first issue, I was just like, eh, I, I don't care, you know? Because we have this listed as a horror book, which it is. But I would say it's a horror mystery book, too. Yes. It's not just a horror for the sake of horror. Right. Yeah, there's a reason for it to be scary. And it's not like... Because it's killing people. And it's yeah. not like super, super scary, I guess. Yeah. It's like Stranger Things level of scary. Yes. Is yeah. where I, I take it, it as. Yeah, that I'd go with that. Yeah. I feel like that came up somewhere along the way. Uh, it might have been one of the quotes even nearby. But, oh yeah, on the back of it. Uh, okay. Tini and have crafted the perfect horror comic for the Stranger Things era. That's it. So, yeah, it is very Stranger Things-esque. Where, yeah. Um, it kind of starts out with just a group of kids playing Truth or Dare or something like that. It's, it's a slumber party. And, yeah. A they're, teenager they're slumber doing party. Thing, and the very next page is like one of the kids with blood on his shirt talking to the cops. So it's like, whoa, some, that, that escalated quickly, <laughs> right. you know? So it's kind of like they kind of go through the book like what happened, you know? So Through the kids. Yeah. Like flashback telling, okay, well, this is, you know, it was all just a joke. They love my stories about my dreams. And I, I swear I didn't think anything was actually out there. I was making it up. But you find out <laughs> uh, dreams think, have yeah. more power than you think that they do. Dreams yep. really do come true. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but introduces the the main. I want to say the main character, yeah, uh, Erica Slaughter, where her job is to kill, kill all the, the the things that are killing the children, the, or kill all the somethings killing the children. All the class E sevens is what they thought this was. At yeah, first. Uh, you find out that she has been doing this for a while, and she's a little bit jaded and looks older than what she actually is. Um, yeah, I couldn't quite tell how um, old she was. I was thinking she was a kid, maybe. I'd say she's still a kid, but I would say she's teenage. Yeah, 14, yeah. something like that. Wow. But she like orders alcohol and they serve her because like, oh yeah, you look old enough because she's lived a rough life. Yeah. At least, I don't know. They don't say explicitly how old she is. No. Although but, they showed her ID. Now I'm tempted to go look that up. Uh, maybe there's see. a date on it. Think they... Date of birth was in 87. Um, I don't know when so, this is, when exactly this is taking place though. They're cell phones, so it's modern time. <laughs> well, it's flip phones. But I mean, but that, that's if this is a, her actual name and if that's an actual license for her too. Well, the, I don't sure. think it is. I think it's fake ID because it was, uh, it it's I not even laminated. Right? Yeah. It was, oh that, yeah. That's right. It was, like I business, he did it was basically say a that. business card. Yeah. So if her ID is correct, which I'm, which I think we're all guessing is not. 
she it says she was born in 87 but i'm not believing that at all and yeah <laughs> definitely a fake id yeah but she's killing them she meets up with the survivor of that that group of kids that got killed uh the ones that were playing truth or dare uh he wants, he to, wants help. to help you know and she's like eh, i'm gonna need some kind of help but you're not doing the fighting uh, my favorite part is when they go grocery shopping or the or utility oh, yeah. shopping. Yeah, yep. as a grocery. Just like, at, and what, what'd she say to the house depot? To the uh, one person. She's like, hey, I'm looking for a chainsaw. He's like, well, okay, you know, there's this, that, and the other one. The, the cheaper ones, they'll cut through anything. So you definitely don't want that. You want the ones that have the sensors that, you know, it'll stop before, if you let yeah. go, it'll stop before it hits the ground even. She's like, Okay, yeah, talk to me more about the ones that'll keep going no matter what. Yeah. Can I see the crappy rundown models? That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the ones that can chew through, that'll chew through everything. Yep. Um, and the look on his face is like, um... Were you listening to what I said, young lady? Uh, yes, and she doesn't <laughs> care. So, like, I don't know. It just... She does care. She knows what she needs. Right, yeah. She doesn't care about <laughs> his uh, safety features. It, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of like your dad that hates the seatbelts that automatically beep if you don't have a buckle. He's like, no, no, I don't want that. Give me the one. Give me the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, it has that feature, does it? Yeah, I don't want that. Yep. Give me, give me this other thing. Yeah. But the creature, it's what like it says something is killing the children. Like it's killing a lot of children over couple months span at least and they can't figure out where the children are going. There, it's all the missing children. You and know, so the police are overrun. You know, the family members are, are all, Ragged. you know, yeah. Well, in the first report of missing child, she says like, okay, that's the first one you're saying, but let's be honest. There are probably people missing before that you right, thought were you. probably something else. They didn't yeah. realize a pattern. So give me the earliest one that you have of like, that, you, missing that, you, person. that you think is probably related, but officially publicly is not. Yeah. And that's to get a full sense of the pattern of the, of the monster and everything. Um, yeah, that kind of reminds me, sorry, I'm going to butt in, when they go to Applebee's. Applebee's? She, <laughs> beans. I know. Be specific. I know, but it's definitely <laughs> a play on Applebee's. Yeah. But she says, the main reason I like to be here is because they have big tables, and she rolls out her map and yeah. like starts like uh, plotting out where every disappearance that they know of happened. They're big and it, tables, and there's no one here, so we can automatically have our booth the entire time. We'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah. that's kind of... A little bit of their issues that pop up later is one of the waiters there or one of the, the patrons. I don't remember. Was it the manager? Mm-hmm. Is it's the brother. Uh, one of his uh, his sister is one of the kids that's, the miss, that's missing and they don't know where she's at. And they're like, hey, how, you know, how are you involved in this? You know, so he's like thinking Suspicious. that she has something to do with her, her, his sister going missing. So he's like, I'm going after her. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, so, what I like too is issue four out of the five. We figure out okay, what is going on with these monsters? They are real because either they are real or kids can see it because they believe in monsters still. Yeah, it, adults I, cannot. It's hard to tell if they're actually real because people bring them into existence because, or, or they just like, oh, I still believe it. So that's how you can see it. Yeah, I'm thinking as they're wishing it, wishing it loosely to be real, so they become real. They're right. manifesting because yeah, the kids believe in monsters, and that's what makes them exist yeah um but and she's like well everyone's like well why don't how can you still see it she's like yeah there's ways but i don't want to do that to you yeah let's not she does end up doing it to the the manager that's what was going to try to go kill her you know which he sees her like 
swiping the chainsaw in the middle air at nothing, but then you see blood splatter. So yeah. Like, what? What's going on? It reminds me a lot of Moon Knight when yeah. he was fighting the god monster dog thing. Yeah. Oh, no one can see it, but he can. And then, yeah. Then, yeah, she has this gold stick that just yeah. stabs him in his brain. You know, oh, oh, hey, now you can see it now. Yep. I thought it was some sort of injection, like a Could have been serum. an injection. It, it could have been. I'm not sure, but it looked like a golden rod. Yeah, <laughs> that, something. Like, it looks like she just, like, punched him in the head. And, like, dink. It was like a blood sacrifice sort of thing. Like, now you can see right. it. Also, we forgot to mention this earlier. She's talking to a squid puppet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or an octopus puppet that looks like to have some, like, god inside of it that's yeah. Don't ask about the octopus. Yeah. Which we then find at the end of the series, like, oh, there are other uh, puppets, secret society puppets that are yeah. controlling, like, uh, avatars. That's what I remember. There we go. They're yeah. controlling people like avatars and stuff. And it's kind of weird, but like, all right, uh, yeah. let's see where this goes. It was good. Like, you know, like you kind of mentioned earlier on the back of the book, it says it's a great book for the Stranger Things uh, era. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, this book is for you. I, I think this does, yeah. It definitely scratches a very similar itch to yep. that. Now, I do think that this, like I said, this reads so much better in trade than it did single issues. I would agree with that. I didn't pick it up when it when the first issue came out. I was uh, like, I don't care. I was like, that's fine, but it didn't hook me originally. No. Like, a lot of Tinian stuff is done. Right. And, you know, reading this first volume in it in its entirety. I think there are four volumes good. out right now. There this are four volumes plus the... a spinoff, The House of Slaughter. Yeah, this this is, then mm. The House of Slaughter was good, you know, but this, you know, sets up uh, volume two very well. You know, they're going to continue the story. I, I really enjoyed it. And as we mentioned last week, Grimm is in the universe of yeah. this. I don't know how exactly. But... Might be av- like the avatars with the puppets or something. You Maybe. Know? I don't know. I haven't read any of the other volumes of this. And right. I'm going to now. Yeah. This was really good. It was really good. Uh, so I, I know we skipped a lot of the story, but really that's pretty much everything we that happened. That. We hit I the mean, big points. Yeah. Fighting monsters. Yeah. Get whatever. Like, There's some good dialogue between the characters. But yeah, it's definitely a, if you like Stranger Things, yeah. you should definitely check this out. Because Stranger Things in comics doesn't translate well. Not really. It's, it's, it's good as a TV show, but like the expanded universe stuff, like I don't, Care. I'm good. Yeah, it's been me. Versus this is a good original story. The artwork is pretty nice too. It's nothing like over the top, like this is amazing, but it fits the story really yes. well. It's gritty, but not too gritty. Um, it, it definitely, the monsters look like monsters. Yeah. I mean, and it's gory. Yeah. I don't know it's if not this. Overly gory though, but it, it's very yeah. gory. Yeah. The way the art style is, yeah. it's not. It's kind it's of scr- not, it's kind of scratchy. Like, yeah, just a it's little not bit. obvious that it's as violent as it is. You you fill in the pieces a little bit. Like this art, make the what is the book that I that you liked the story, but I didn't. I couldn't get past the art because I couldn't tell what was going on. Oh, um, something of truth. Department of the truth. Department of Truth. Yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't that, get into that. That story either. looked like it was going to be good, but I couldn't get into the art. This is like that art. But turn way back, like like it's still a little a little messy, yeah. Just for dramatic but effect, but it's still a lot cleaner than what that is. Yes. If that book had this art, then cool, I've been in. Same here. But that art was a little too far gone. Like if yeah, you have a fil- if you have a, a gauge of the dial, like oh how scratchy do you want it to be? 
that one was turned up to 11. This one's like about a six. Yeah. Like it, it's it's scratchy, but not super scratchy. Yeah, but that scratchiness fits this story. It, it does. It fits it really well. It looks like kids are yeah. with bad handwriting or better handwriting than me are drawing <laughs> it and that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure the artists love that comparison. <laughs> well, but it, it works with it works really well with this though. So I'm getting that. Yep. Uh all right. One being awful, five being great. Laura, what would you rank this? I think I'll give it a four. Even though it was a scary story and I'm usually not a horror person, like I I enjoyed the story. I kept up with it. I wanted to know what was happening. I didn't get too confused. And I, I got a kick out of it at some point. I was like, Erica Slaughter sounds really familiar. So I think her reputation preceded herself at some point. Like, she's famous enough that I was like, somewhere along the way, I've heard of this girl. There you go. And I kind of remembered her her bandana with the, the teeth, teeth on it, on too. It? Yeah. I don't know where I would have seen it. Did you ever sell, like, a no. a face mask of that? Nope. I don't know where I saw I it. I know the cover of House of Slaughter has that teeth mark on it, because I think that's what okay. the other avatars we saw that had their little puppets, too. Mm-hmm. They were all wearing that same mask. I think that's, like, their uniform. <laughs> that's their that's their welcome to apple beans their stick their uniform yeah uh jared what would you give it out of five i'd go four also solid four okay um i think i would yeah i'm gonna give it a four <laughs> just because it's not completely done right um because it does end with like okay we're running away it's a cliffhanger. It's a really good cliffhanger, but like, I, yeah, I want to read more. And that I'm, cliffhanger, I think we can give spoilers. It's basically the monster she does end up killing basically has babies, and she's like, okay, I'm going to go hunt them now. Yep, time to... Well, that's that's a good cliffhanger. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it, just, it was it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it kind of, the art, looking back at it now, kind of reminds me of Autumn Oops. as well. It reminds okay. me a little bit of Autumn. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, with that, we'll move on to the final segment that Jared always forgets about. That sounds like the Lord might have forgot about also. Yeah, but I have a good recovery. So, uh, that is our Heroes of the Week, be it comic book or otherwise. Laura, you can go first. Laura, you can go first. (laughs) Good, because I've been kind of saving this up. We keep talking about the art from Something Killing the Children. And I read in, like, the back matter, the one of the artists actually did Spider-Man Family Business, so that could also be a reason why it looks familiar to you, because I know we've read this book together before, um, and it was Werther Deledra. And even though I'm not a big fan of his art in Family Business, like, at least he tried to draw Spider-Man. Good on him. He can be my hero for the week. Better than John Romita Jr. To each their own. Uh, but I yeah. agree with that. <laughs> He's a schmuck. <laughs> I can't wait podcast, to have him. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but I don't care for his art. His art's the part that's the schmuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up again now and like see what John Romita Jr. looks like. But I am looking right at Werther Deledra's art. And yeah, in in, in family business, really it's kind of like water washed, like watercolors. Everything's kind of. Almost like a spread painting, together, almost. yeah. It's a different. I mean, it's yeah, a different, it's a different style, style, and I mean, they're giving a different type of message too with that one versus the yeah. killing the children too. That's yeah. Spider Man's always going to be a, more bright and cheery than this horror story is. Yeah. yeah, I guess in this book though, he's not very bright and cheery. Like it, I guess it, it's definitely brighter than something's killing the children, but it's not. 
not the bright Spider-Man story you'd normally see. But it's also but it's a Marvel property versus an image property. Or no, Boom mm-hmm. property. So Boom is going to be typically darker than Marvel stuff is. Okay. I did not know that was a thing. But... Just typically Marvel is going to be brighter than everyone else just because that's Marvel's thing. Okay. So, But uh, yeah, so that's my person, Werther Deledra and Spider-Man Family Business, if you want to read that again. I think, didn't we already cover that in our book club at some point? Possibly. I feel like we might have. I don't know. Uh, I'll go next to keep buying Jared some time. And I'm going to do a twofer. And that's going to be Carl, our friend Carl, and you, Laura. Um, Carl for, well, you made Carl be a hero, sort of. Uh, Inkblot this past weekend got out, was outside in the backyard and she got in a fight with another cat, which you heard. So good on you for hearing the fight and trying to save her. And Carl for saving Peter once he got out, trying to help you find Inkblot. He's like, I can help. I yeah. know where she is. You, you're she's going not over here. She's and not over here. He just zoomed, here. Peter just zoomed right out between your legs and escaped also. Like, crap, now we're looking for the cat. Now the dog's running free. But Carl's like, uh, do you need help? I was like, maybe because he'll go to new people that he loves. So <laughs> Carl's like, okay. And walked over and Peter's like, you, new person. Like, he... Peter went right by me like, yeah, I don't care. And went right to the car like, hey. And it was like, well, that's a good way to catch him then. So that worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Peter's kryptonite is definitely he loves people. Yeah. So you just have to be like, hey, who's a good boy? Come here. And he's like, I'm a good boy. <laughs> I can get belly scratches out of this. <laughs> and then you for finding Inkblot, she did have a couple of claw marks. And, <laughs> and a whole claw. And a claw, an extra claw that was uh, different cats. And she's got a couple of bald spots from the, the fight as well. Which really impressed me that it's bald spots, but... It was a close shave. It was a close shave. Uh, so yeah, those are my heroes of the week for helping save the the animals. I should have used Inkblot as my hero because she beat the crap out of that other cat. Theoretically. I mean, I mean we didn't see the other cat, but she, I mean... She got a claw. Last time she was in a fight, she was all like whimpering and ready to go inside the house. This time she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good on her, I guess. All right, Jared, we bought you as much time as we could. Hey, I'm going to go with my dad uh, because he... You know, I, I, my mom was in the hospital and my and has been kind of housebound and, you know, not uh, not able to get out and do much. And my dad has taken really good care of her during her being ill. So I got to say, he it was impressive. Even my mom's impressed at how well he did playing nurse and everything like that. So got to give it to my dad. Props to him. All right. Good for him. He made it a happy Mother's Day, right? Yep. Tried to. <laughs> best, the the <laughs> best of his ability. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that with that, we'll say we'll see you next time. Again, uh, the book club book for the podcast will be the Transformers book that I mentioned earlier, the Transformers Autocracy. Say yes. Um, or and I love how it's like the Autobot symbol with the, the Autocracy. Like that's just fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're talking about next week, and we'll have another topic by then, and we'll have a new book for two weeks for Laura, and a new topic. Hopefully, we'll pick one earlier in advance so you can get some sleep the day of the podcast next time. But, Sleeps her pussies. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, that, yes, the, the cat is sleeping right now. So good there you go. kitty. Uh, <laughs> well, she was until I started petting with her ear. Touched her. Uh, but yeah, until then, we will see you all next time. I just realized, is the P word a band word? Because I I talk, turned it into the cat. We're good. I was like, no, you're referencing the cats.